Welcome to La Lumination with your hosts, the fabulous Jimmy LaLumia and me, Susan faber Gady. Come with us as we delve into the lesser-known facts about music business history and pop culture with an occasional infusion of current events as told through the lens of music. Welcome to Illumination, the COVID edition, starring Susan Faber-Gady and Jimmy LaLumia, which is yours truly. Hey, girl, how are you? I'm good. How are you? I wish you were here. I'm fine. I'm fine. But hold on a second. <laughs> of course, my phone rings. Paparazzi. Um, what did it do, right? Oh, my goodness. They have, they have to wait. Forget about it. I'm not paying the bill, so ring all you want. But anyway, where were we? Um, we we were we introducing ourselves. Time, well, we're still introducing ourselves. And hello to everybody watching. And uh, we want to thank everybody for the support thus far for the first Absolutely. two episodes that we did. Yes. And um, we've gotten great feedback. And uh, we hope to help keep pop culture alive. The last episode that we did we kind of were flippantly making fun of something that turned into something that's not quite so fun, the Chromora virus. <laughs> uh, the Chromorange virus uh, is no, not quite so... Not, we, we thought it was, a, you know, it was right on the cusp and we had no idea uh, where that was going to lead, and we have an idea now. Oh yeah! So uh, every, we hope all of all of you are staying well and uh, practicing safe precautions. Social and, distancing. Um, social distancing, hand washing, masks. Don't 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 sleep with more than one stranger a week, which I found myself now, you know, adhering to as best as I can. <laughs> I'm just kidding, of course. Uh, so pop culture, Susan Faber-Gady, has taken a bit of a hit as a result of an epidemic sweeping America, which I oh, guess yeah. we never thought we'd see. Mm -hmm. All live performance, music, theater, sports, everything it just came to a grinding halt. Everything. And uh, the economy along with it, because we found out, which we knew already, how much pop culture has an impact on the economy, which thereby has an impact on the world. And right. um, so as a result of that, we're rooting for pop culture. We're rooting to get rid of this thing. And um, being in healthcare, when I'm not being a fabulous superstar, uh, I can testify to getting swabbed up my nose several times a week is not exactly the most exhilarating uh, I, I hear thing it's very uncomfortable. I hear it's very uncomfortable. It, it, it depends on who's doing it. Okay. Some folks are very adept at a quick, quick little a quick swab. Click and they're done. And then there are those who think they're digging for gold. And I got news for you, oh. there's no gold up there. There's oh, no you know, gold in their hills. You yeah. know, but, years um, years ago, Jimmy, I I got very deathly ill, and the infection I had in my respiratory system colonized on my nasal septum, 
and made a hole in it the size of a nickel. And so I had to have reconstructive surgery. And so when I go for my checkups, even to this day, that was 20 years ago, my surgeon mm. goes all the way up and into my sinuses to look. Oh, my God. Oh, it's yeah. a, oh. enough. Oh. <laughs> so I, I, well, I, I hear you. I know what you're going through. I had, yeah. I had a variation on that theme when I found out uh, my thyroid was, you know, I, I'm on Synthroid now. Which okay. has actually increased my vocal capabilities <laughs> by shrinking some of the uh, whatever they call them the oh, uh, uh, nodes. Not things nodes. on your uh, around your thigh. Yeah, they are nodes. Very good. Okay. You get okay. an A in science. You get a <laughs> yeah from the time okay. that I did ninety six tears with you guys. Uh, since that time, I'm actually hitting higher notes, better notes because it was danger. One of them was dangerously close to my vocal cords. Oh, and, wow. um, they have all, they have all since shrunk. But at the time when I first went to be diagnosed, the practitioner took a rod, stuck it down my neck, my nose, my nose into my throat. It entered my throat via my nose. It was yeah. not a fun, a fun time. No, no. Yeah, I've been there. But so much <laughs> for medical, so much for medical practitioner. Um, yeah. We we are doing our best to keep pop culture alive, and uh, we're here to talk about the impact on pop culture. Lollapalooza, I noticed, was just canceled officially. Yeah. As was South by Southwest earlier this year, and its sister exactly. conference, um, North by Northeast, which is up in Toronto, that was canceled. Everything, everything. Right, right. Uh, Great South Bay Festival this year, this summer, here on Long Island, was canceled everything wow yeah well you know because when survival becomes an issue things that suddenly seem frivolous you know, fall by the wayside and as much as we love pop culture and we love music and we love theater and film when uh the continuation of your life is at stake all of that stuff goes out the window exactly you know, yeah. although although i have to say my new Lady Gaga album, which is the number one album in the country. Uh, the girl is still at it, and she brought an album to number one, and it's selling and uh, doing its best to keep pop culture alive because pop culture, music, etc., especially music, is very therapeutic for people. Right, and I have it found is. that when, as a child, uh, when I would get a really bad fever in my in my early my my early teens, or be, just before I entered my teens, and I would be lying in bed, burning up, and throw on some of my always revered Motown albums, mm -hmm. uh, Supremes or Four Tops. I suddenly felt better. I suddenly yeah. it's it's therapeutic. It's, it it's absolutely therapeutic. is. It absolutely is. I mean, and when we were working on Ninety Six Tears with you, my, when my mother was declining and dying, that that yes. was my therapy. That was my therapy. So, right. yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah, it, it is therapeutic. And something that I had just read uh, in the New York Times piece was about a woman from hundreds of years ago talking about the healing power of music. And she said, when people hear music that they respond to, it reminds them of where they were before they entered the world. 
and where they'll be going when they leave the world. And I was like, wow. Wow. Yeah. And this is yeah. a lady from hundreds of years ago making that statement. It reminds us of where we were before we got here, uh, spiritually, elementally, however you want to look at it. And it is, you know, I feel bad for people who don't enjoy music. And there are people who don't. Well, you know, have no Mark, use for music. there have been plenty of people in Mark's and my life that, you know, including some family that have not understood this passion that we have for this industry. They absolutely cannot figure out why so many years later, without a big major hit, we're still in this and we're still doing this. It, it's, it, you know, if you don't understand it, don't question it. Just try to accept it and move along. That's my advice to you. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Because you love doing it. Yeah. It's the love of, it's the love of the thing. And, yes. um, and it's the love of and, discovering new talent and trying to bring it to the forefront. You know, that there's an exhilaration in that. The, the average person who is not, uh, as culturally ravenous as we are. When I was much younger, um, still in my teens, and first started getting things published, I remember getting myself up to 77 WABC AM in New York. I had arranged an interview with Cousin Brucey, Cousin Bruce Morrow. Got a magazine called Rock, which was like a newsprint magazine. It was called Rock. Okay. And actually got to sit with um, Rick Sklar, who was the program director of WABC. Mm -hmm. I, I don't remember if I told this story once before. I don't think I have on Illumination. So. But when I got up there and I and I met with Cousin Brucey, who called my home after the, the piece came out. And I wasn't here. Uh, one of my brothers picked up the phone. And when... The guy said, this is Cousin Brucey. I'd like to speak to Jim LaLumia. He hung up on him. And then Bruce called back again. He hung he up on Cousin Are you kidding? He was about to hang up again. And my mom came running in and said, no, Jimmy spoke to him. That's really him. He, they could not fathom the idea that the biggest DJ, one of the most popular top 40 DJs in the country, was calling little Jimmy in Ronkakama. Why on earth would anyone be calling him? And um, and then afterwards, it was like, well, how much did you get paid for that? Which I didn't get paid at all. I, it was a form of interning. But yeah. rather than saying, wow, you got yourself up to the biggest radio station in the country. You got to spend time with someone who's now calling to thank you for the piece that you wrote. People either get it or they don't get it. And for those who don't get it, quel dommage. I feel so sorry for your loss. <laughs> Yes, move because along now. <laughs> if you're if if you if you're culturally no, if you're culturally devoid, it's really sad because mm -hmm. you just exist to eat, sleep, uh, perform bodily functions, and hey, get listen. money and work. And you have none of the joy that comes right. from cultural exposure to music, to theater, to right. good writing. And so let's, I feel and, bad for them, really. I do too. And let's be clear about this. And I'm sure you are going to agree with me 100%, Jimmy. This is not a hobby for us. This it's is, life. yes, this is what life. we really do. You know, we might do other things to pay bills, but this. Which I do as well. Yeah. yeah. So, so do yeah. I. 
but and 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 it involves mm-hmm. a lot of writing and it involves some teaching. You know that, right? Mm-hmm. Um, right, exactly. Of course, this is the heart of who we are. We make right. great music. We discover new great new new music and new artists, and we try to push it up and out. And you know, so we haven't had a major hit yet. So what? At least we're following our passion and we're trying to bring culture to people and if they don't and you're affecting pop you're affecting pop culture by participating in it and the shows that we've done thus far um we haven't had millions of views but we're having hundreds of views and the first one is just past a thousand views and many of the people's many of the people seeing it and hearing it are creative people people yes. in the industry so mm-hmm. we thereby are affecting informing and affecting what they think and things that they will come yes. to do and so couple, we we are a participating part of pop culture right you know and a, and a couple and, of um, couple of our friends in the major labels have seen episodes one and two and liked them so you cool. know it looks you know but this is not a hobby don't anybody think this is a, this is not a hobby absolutely no it's a it's a life a hobby is when you go it's in a your lifestyle. Li- yeah. You go in your living room once in a while and you play a little tune when your friends are over for dinner. That's a hobby. This is exactly. what we're doing, not a hobby. This is it's a lifestyle statement. It is a lifestyle because we live it every day. It's a it's, it's a lifestyle statement. It is. And just to to close to close up on um the cousin Brucey's story, it turns out I found out where my true inclinations lie great as it was sitting with Bruce Morrow and having him call my house and actually talk about me that night on WABC when I was standing on the street corner with my friends listening to the radio and he actually came on the air. It was more fascinating for me to sit with Rick Sklar, who made the decisions about WABC. I got to ask him, a lot of people want to know why you play a limited amount of music over and over. And he said to me, we're in the radio business. We're not in the music business. I said, but don't you think that you should introduce more new music than, you know, it was what was called a tight playlist back then, which oh, Top 40 is. Radio it still, is. still continues to. And he turned around to me and said something which always stuck with me, including in my years when I started DJing in nightclubs when I asked about why not more new music. And he said, I will tell you one very interesting thing. People don't always know what they like, but they sure do like what they know. And I was like, wow, right between the eyes. Because it's so true when you're in a car with someone and a new song comes on and they click the car radio to get to another channel because they don't know know it. And he knew that. He, He knew that. And he expressed it, and I never thought of that till he said it. People well, sure do like what they know, so they could sing along in the car while they, you know. Right. Well, you know how top. Not everybody 40, wants to. You know how the top forty format was created, don't you? Bill Stewart and Todd Stores, two DJs right. in a bar one yes. night, I believe, in Omaha, story. Nebraska. Yeah, and they wait. They simply observed oh, to the jukebox. What everybody right, yeah. and they made a list of the forty most played songs on you know what people played right. on the jukebox in between Bill uh, and Todd's sets, 
And that right. they went to their program director and said, pretty much said, here. And that became the top 40 format. And they Literally. came to realize that they came to realize that a popular record, they'd rather hear that because they would go back and play times, that again right. and again yeah. while they were there. And and um, so that they'd rather hear that over and over because they something know new it. and untested, they can respond to it. They, it yeah, exactly. They can and sing along yeah, with so it. Very, they know the lyrics. Yeah. They feel comfortable with it. Yeah. It's like right. a, a pair of comfortable shoes. Right. And, and then. Uh, so I. Go ahead. No, uh, I just wanted to point out to the audience that to address that problem, Top 40 radi Radio invented what became known as the sandwiching technique, where you play a hit and then a new record and then a hit, hoping that the audience listens through the new record and then eventually they become familiar with it and it becomes they would, they, they, would also they would test hear. them. Right. They and would test them. They would look at... They would look at record sales in the stores back then mm -hmm. when people actually bought music in the stores. And um, although that was that system also because they would call the store clerk to find out uh, what people were buying. And as it turned out, as I worked in Sam Goody's in the 1970s and I worked alongside a lot of other store clerks, if they didn't like a record that was selling, they wouldn't necessarily report it. They, or if there was somebody that they did like that wasn't selling, they would report that. And that really came to the surface when SoundScan was introduced in its first week. If you recall, two artists that were registering towards the bottom of the Billboard Hot 100, Garth Brooks and NWA, both jumped that first week when they started looking at the barcodes rather than what the guy the, the 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 guy who was in charge of the music department would right. read you his top ten bestsellers. He was lying. Yeah. They didn't like country music, so they didn't mention Garth Brooks. Right. They hated hip hop, so they, they negated NWA. NWA. Right. Right. Absolutely. So we were never really getting an accurate picture. We were getting a picture of the predominantly white male clerks who were running those departments, mm -hmm. reflecting what they liked and deleting what they didn't like. So it right. was never really legit. It never right. really was. It was. And even with SoundScan, which we'll talk about in another episode, mm -hmm. SoundScan, as having been a record store owner and a SoundScan store, SoundScan leaves a lot to be desired as well. And we'll go into that in greater detail oh, yeah. in the near yeah, future. Yeah. Mm -hmm. but, um, but the bottom line is pop culture is alive and well. Mm -hmm. I was happy to see Gaga um, releasing, releasing the album now because a lot of a lot of folks are afraid to release music because they think no one's going to buy it. In the same way that Hollywood is still not releasing films, uh, they're sitting on yeah. Black Widow, which we talked about last time, the yep. James Bond film. They're just yep. sitting rather than than brilliantly taking advantage of pay per view. And right making those pay-per-view events and charging 15 bucks, which is cheaper than a, a going to Movie a theater ticket, and getting right. in with your, with your other right. half and then spending $20 for a soda and popcorn. They, they would make a fortune, uh, right. but they, they don't, they're, they're resolute in their ways. They won't budge. But so from, but from we'll music, but 
for music, I think the problem is a little more far reaching. And I'll give you a good example. I, I was talking to one of my former students the other night and she said that she has started following a, a young hip hop artist and he's trying to perform via the internet for his fans. The problem is, where's the mosh pit? You can't have a, like, a virtual mosh pit. It's kind of impossible. And she said to me, as an audience member, I'm not getting the same experience through the internet. Well, that's true. Yeah. So that's it's that's true. where it's, it's music is a little true. different than movies. Movies you can watch pay-per-view, streaming, and you're good. If you have a big screen TV, you kind of get the same feel. But, sort of. But you want to know something? I'm a huge fan of the Marvel films. Mm -hmm. And I've seen all the Marvel films in the theater. They're opening week. And you surf on the energy of the crowd because mm -hmm. the real hardcore fans, just like the Beatle fans that screamed at the Hard Day's Night movie when it came out, because I yeah. was a teenager back then, um, the real hardcore fans drive your energy level. You're they along do. for the ride. Just like, just, like, uh, let's, just like Let's Make a Deal or Jeopardy, without that studio audience, or without a, sport, yeah. a sporting event, without, without the audience, that's spectators. part of the show. Oh, yeah. That's part of the show. It's right. a major part of the show. And the audience's energy fuels you. It, it gives you that rush and that, exactly. that, that rush of adrenaline that you can't duplicate on the Internet. You just can't. How That's do you why it's part of that? the show. Right. You don't. You don't. There's a reason why. Hundreds of years ago, people suddenly got on a stage and put on little shows, and then suddenly people were writing plays, and yep. the townspeople would come out and gather around, and the guy with the mandolin or whatever would, in between, uh, sing uh, Alan Adele has right. whatever, you know, whatever, and it all grew from there. It's that, mass participation. Right. That's how vaudeville was people, born. And, yeah. Exactly. You need, you need the participation of the audience, letting them know when they like somebody, and letting them know when they don't like somebody. Exactly. Um, that's showbiz. Yeah. That's exactly what it is. So it is what it is. Yeah. But um, we will we'll persevere. People, I, I do know that um, the sites like Discogs, which sell vinyl, mm -hmm. sales are through the roof. Yep. Sales are through the roof. People are buying music. They're homebound. Um, mm -hmm. Even the ones that are not homebound, they're using this as an excuse. So the, the appetite is still there yeah. for popular culture. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, the Gaga album, which I used as a symbol because a lot of people backed off. She didn't. She dove right in. The yeah. album is selling. Uh, the limited edition vinyl. It's keeping the framework alive because if everybody just retreated, everything collapses. Yes. And it, it can't come back the same way. The other big, the other big deal... The other big deal, plug, 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 is John Wombat's brand new book on Jane County, Queen mm -hmm. Age Baby, Rock and Roll Resurrection, the authorized biography of Jane County, which I just got my copy of a few days ago. You're in that. And, You're mentioned uh, in that book. Am I right? I'm featured prominently okay. in there. Yes. Good. yes. Okay. I'm, I'm in that. Yeah, I'm, I'm in there. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's, a little, right, so, that's a little I'll inside. That's a little... It, that's a little inside conversation. Yeah. Um, but yeah, all is all is well. Good. All is well. Everybody um, go read that book. Yeah, exactly. 
Queen Age Baby, uh, which, um, you know, and, uh, and people are reading, people are buying books because they're home and right. uh, they're, 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 uh, they're acculturating themselves to. They're getting exactly. bored. <laughs> exactly. Right. Yeah. Right. Well, we're starting to climb our way out. Uh, but, but we're not out of the woods yet, though. We're not out of the woods. Just because things are opening back up, we are not rid of COVID-19, but not by a long shot. I know. I've been, I've been trying. I've been drinking the Drano and injecting <laughs> Clorox into myself. And I've been doing my best, but it's just, it just doesn't seem to be working. Oh. My fearless leader, you know, tells me to do these things. And I'm, I got, well, I think I'm doing okay, though. Yeah, why not? The Clorox makes me belch. The, the Clorox makes idea. me belch a little in the, yeah, but, yeah. but apart from that, but, um, but apart from that, I think, um, single-handedly, Lalumination and Sumination, which is the other half, well, some of the episodes will be more Sumination, uh, we're keeping pop culture alive. That's part of the goal here yeah. in discussing it and, and paying attention to new things and discussing old situations like we've done in the, of the, how things go wrong sometimes uh it's interesting and, and right, um, but also situations that point out um how you know how how important good decision making is in this industry of course absolutely you know, um absolutely you know it, 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 from the selection of the artist to the selection of the material to the way the record ends up sounding it's you know this is right. not it's not like taking a shot in the dark. I'm getting the five-minute cue from our illustrious... Uh, oh, there we go. I remember man. that. Yes. Hi, Mark. <laughs> Hi, Mark Gady, executive producer. Um, we'll have to bring him on to the screen one of these Well, things. he'll have to do a cameo. A cameo. Exactly, to let the fans... Yeah, exactly. But there is someone actually uh, coordinating all of this. Yeah, yeah. which is cool. But yeah. um, as you were saying... You're at the five-minute mark, but what you were starting to uh, embellish on something. Oh, about, you know, it, this is what you, the public, hears on, you know, when you buy a new recording, you experience a new recording for the first time. It didn't, it didn't get there by magic. It got there through a series of decisions that were made. And in music business right. history, there have been people who made some bold and sometimes brave decisions. Uh, sometimes they led to success. Sometimes they did not. That, that's right. more of what goes on than the actual glitz and glamour of the music and the performance. It's all, all the decisions right. that go into is the, you know, the selection of the artist, the the branding of the artist, the material, the recording. It's right. You know what I mean? Right. So Yes, I do. And yeah. um and as you said with with people buying, people who buy are the ones who determine where music is going. Um the fact that Gaga has the number one album is because people like myself are fans and actually spend money on the artist. And yeah. then there were those who, there were those who brag about how they never spend a dime on music; they get everything for free. Free. And then they cry, and then they cry about an artist like Gaga who they just do not like. Well, guess what? 
those of us who like her spend our money and she goes to number one and you're hearing her everywhere. And if you right. treated the, the artists that you like the same way, then maybe they'd be up there too. But you're busy ripping the artist off by not right. buying, by, by, by stealing, by, de- you know, I know some legal downloads. I know some young artists that do that. They, they get everything free. But then when they put their own music out, they want everybody to buy it. And I'm like, no. It, they cry about it. Right. It they doesn't work that it. way. It just doesn't work exactly. that way. You exactly. know, you have to support the artists you say you love by buying their music. And you know what's funny, Jimmy? About 10, maybe 12 years ago, when I was still teaching music business classes, I, I mentioned about the beauty of vinyl and you know, not, not just from its sonic quality standpoint, but also from its merchandising standpoint. I mean, there was nothing right. like that 12 inch by 12 inch record cup jacket. I mean, it, it yes. just stood out. You know, you didn't have to go searching. It just, it hit you between the eyes. And I actually, I, I had some students who did not know what that was. Now, <laughs> the next younger generation of teenagers behind them is they're they're the ones that are buying vinyl. Exactly, because they own something. They have right. something to display. It's and, like a badge of honor. Oh yeah. yeah, and 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 there's something about the warmth of the sound of analog that you just can't right. get from digital. You can't. But also can't. having that album cover having that album sitting in your room when someone comes in or in the living room and it's on the mantle place or wherever exactly. it is and, um, and people react. It's, it's a physical object. It's like a piece of art because when music is well done, it is a piece of art and you, you put art on display. That's right. You, you don't, you don't make a, a carbon copy of a painting and hang, hang that on a piece of paper on your wall and call it art. Right. You, if you're really fanatical about it, you find a way of acquiring a legitimate copy of that. And if you don't, then you have no right to complain about who's number one because you're not participating in the process. So then go exactly. sit in the corner and stare at the wall. Exactly. 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 So that's, that's the scoop, my dear. Yes, it is. And, and I guess where we are, are we in our time. <laughs> We are out of time. We are well, out of time today. It's wonderful as always. Yes. Wonderful, wonderful as always, and um, I'm glad you're doing well, and you both are safe and uh, secure. Same here with you. you. You're putting your life on the line every day that you, uh, you go to, to, to the vet's home. Thank for you. Those of, for those of you who don't know, Jimmy spends his days helping our nation's veterans at the Long Island State Veterans Home. Right now in this COVID-19 pandemic, it is a dangerous job, and so Jimmy, you are one of our unsung heroes. Thank you. You're welcome. I appreciate the appreciation. (laughs) And on that note, episode three of Lumination and Sumination is ready ready to be consumed by a hungry public. Yes. Please follow us on social media. Uh, Find us at Lumination, and you can visit our website at www.lumination.com. And you can send us an email at lalumination at gmail.com. And we'll see you next time. All righty. All right, Jimmy. Take care. You too. I will. This is the fabulous Jimmy LaLumia. 
Thank you for listening to La Lumination. If you like what you're hearing, you can watch the full video episode on YouTube. Just search for the Lalumination channel or visit the website www.lalumination.com. <laughs>